Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of From Suitcase to Success. We're so very grateful for all the unwavering love and support you all have shown us in the last few episodes. And so if you are a new listener, welcome. I am your co-host, Mudra. And I'm your co-host, Tisha. We're so excited for today's episode where we will share our experiences on topics such as volunteering work and how we dealt with rejections. We're hoping to share our personal stories and advice that we wish we had gotten when we first started. So like, we're not trying to be all fancy pants experts or anything. We're just a bunch of regular students here sharing our stories and hoping to dish out some helpful advice. Exactly. Take everything with a grain of salt, as they say. So I'll set the stage for the podcast today and we'll talk a little bit about our non-paid work experiences first, which is volunteering. And um, we'll talk, we'll end the episode with talking a little bit about our paid work experiences or our jobs. Um, so I'll start by asking Tusha to tell us a little bit about her volunteering experience. And uh, can you tell us when you started volunteering? Um, I started volunteering in high school yeah. right, and I one... continued through college. Great. So that was grade nine, 10, 11, or 12? Uh, nine, grade nine. <laughs> That's amazing. Fantastic. And so where did you volunteer start, starting in grade nine? So I volunteered through food banks and, you know, town fests and festivals that my neighborhood or my town had. And then I also did some hospital volunteering. And then in college, I did this mentorship, mentorship volunteering that was for mentoring uh, low income uh, girls that go to public school. They're, they come from a minority race. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah, those sound really interesting. So I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about how you got those um, opportunities to volunteer. Um, yeah, so I... Usually, I got the high school volunteering from my school. So there are organizations where you go and you sign up and then you you know attend meetings and then you volunteer. But as far as the hospital volunteering go, I had to go on the website and fill out an application and go from there. So I typically found a lot of volunteering experiences through my school organizations and the clubs and some of them through our teachers and counselors and then other ones are from internet, obviously. You have to look on internet, find volunteering positions, and just cold apply. Like, just apply and wait for an opportunity and then volunteer. Right, fantastic. And how would you recommend that, you know, if there are people in your shoes now or who are listening to our podcast would reach out for volunteering positions in, in the States? Right. I think uh, definitely go and ask uh, your school and go to those career fairs or those organization fairs that your school has and definitely participate, sign up um, something that interests you or something that you you see yourself doing in the future, sign up and go from there. Uh, you can ask your counselors, your teachers, you can also look around on the internet, you can talk to your peers and that's how you can find uh, volunteering experiences. And I think if you want to volunteer, that is paid, non-paid work, it's also a sense, it also comes from within. It comes from uh, kind of feeling like you give, you are giving back to the community. You want to do non-paid work and you want to expand your interest and figure out what you want to do in college and undergrad. So I think that's how I would recommend starting and be prepared to get rejection and be prepared to sort of uh, find something and not like it and then try again. So it's also a little bit of trial and error. Absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. So now tell me about your volunteering experiences. So 
it, was it similar in Canada or when did you start volunteering? So I started in high school as well, and I did also start in grade nine and then continued on through undergrad and grad school um, with different organizations as time passed. But yeah, similar to your story, I did start in high school as well. That's great. That's great. So where did you volunteer? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good follow-up question. Um, yeah, so I started volunteering at... Uh, the Gujarati School of Language and Culture. And as you said, like it comes from within, right? So for me, it was how I could give back to the community that gave me something as well. And so in Canada and in high school, as a high school student in Canada, I guess, you are given four extra credits if you know how to speak, read, and write a different language. And for me, it's Gujarati, which is the language that we speak at home. And so... Um, in Winnipeg, we had this school and I started as a student and then went on to volunteer as a teaching assistant. So that was a great experience. I did also have a similar experience to yours of volunteering at a hospital um, and as a recreation assistant. So that was also really fun. Um, and that was more about like, like where I would see myself as a career opportunity and taking the volunteer experience uh, and, you know, seeing where I would fit in and how my future life could potentially look like. Um, so that's a little bit about some of my experiences. That's wonderful. Those seems those seem like great experiences. So tell us how you found those volunteering experiences and what was the process like applying and being in high school student? Was there an age different or age requirement? I'm sorry, anything like that. Yeah, for sure. So uh, volunteering at the hospital did require or does have a set age. I don't want to say the wrong age on the podcast, but I think it was, I think you at least have to be 13 or 14 or 15. I genuinely cannot remember, um, but I know you had to be a certain age to volunteer at the hospital. Um, other places, uh, I don't think they had an age, uh, a minimum age requirement and there's absolutely no maximum age requirement when it comes to volunteering because it's more about giving back to the community, right? So um, for example, in the community, there are a lot of libraries where people can volunteer. Um, though I was put on a wait list and I wasn't able to go and volunteer. So again, rejections will happen and you may not get the same organizations that you might want to work with. Um, so apply to as many as you can. For hospitals, um, the way I got the opportunity was simply to go on the website and finding a volunteering uh, form. And it, it was a really easy form. They ask you about yourself and why you wanted to volunteer at the hospital. And then they ask you to check the boxes of the departments that you are interested in. And they tell you a little bit about the duties involved as a volunteer. Um, so it was a fairly simple form. So you get that uh, through the website. That's that's good. And I think uh, there, it's a little bit different here. If you are looking to volunteer at a hospital, I think the minimum age is 16. But again, I could be way off. And you do have to fill out an application and you have to write a short essay about who you are, why you want to do, why you want to volunteer at a hospital. And you have to go through a short interview as well before you are given the position. So definitely a lot more thorough. But I think essentially it's way easier it's much easier than excuse me for a job or a paid experience yeah for sure exactly and even though we didn't have to write an essay we did have to go through an interview uh, before 
I think, and also like doing the criminal check and the background check, right? Um, yeah. Because you are work- working with a vulnerable population in the hospital, they right. want to make sure that you're not a criminal, I guess. Um, so they're just, uh, they do do that. They do take the preliminary right. step make sure that the environment is safe but if um there if our listeners are in canada what i would say is if you are interested in volunteering a lot of the provinces do have a non-profit volunteering organization for example in manitoba we have something called volunteer manitoba which is essentially a non-profit organization but they also have a website which lists all the volunteering positions within the province of manitoba so it's a good one-stop place where you sort of just go on the website, you know exactly which organizations are looking for volunteers and what type of volunteers that they're looking for. And if you think you're eligible, you just click on apply and they'll take you right on their website. Um, and so I, I, I think that's really helpful and probably the good first step if someone is interested in volunteering. Right. I think we don't have a, like a, a overall nonprofit organization like that, but we do have like similar platforms like Salvation Army, there's food banks, there's also uh, American Legion Auxiliary or Veterans uh, Care where you basically serve meals or you take care of the veterans, which is something that I did. So I think there are a lot uh, kind of specific organizations like that. And I think you can find those either by your through your school or through the internet. So definitely recommend applying in mass way and apply to everything that you're interested in and kind of go from there. Right. So and just for listeners, I guess we can summarize our first uh, first part of the podcast of volunteering. And I, I think what I took from this is we should apply to as many positions as we're interested in, because likely we'll face rejections um, Two, not to be afraid of reaching out to people who can help you look for these places. Right. So our teachers and high school our counselors um, and even the Internet and just looking at different organizations where you think that you might be interested in and then um, three I guess following up as well right like we made sure that when we did get the opportunity we did go through the interview process and um, we didn't just leave them you know as is and we do like a no-show or anything like so again following up making sure that you're taking the opportunity that you're given Um, is there anything that I missed Uh, no I think those are great points if you have any questions for us, we can definitely address your questions in the upcoming episode or through our Instagram. But we will take a short break and we'll, we'll be back to talk a little bit about our paid work experience. All right, welcome back. Um, I guess that was a quick break. Um, Tusha, do you want to tell us a little bit about the work, like the paid work and uh when you started working at this paid work position and what was your position? Right, so I started off as a research intern that was volunteering work and then I transitioned to paid position which was a research assistant or an associate or a consultant as you call. And there, it, it was paid to the university, but I also know that now universities have this term called work study where you get approved through the government. And that way you can get paid experience even as a volunteer, if that makes sense. So those are also great opportunities. And I got work study, which was paid, but very minimum wage. 
um, through the other research that I was doing at my own university. But I know that doesn't work with different universities. Um, and I um, also found this pharmacy technician job that was work from home. So I did that for a year because um, mainly because I wanted to explore different areas in the healthcare. I had research experience. I was still doing research and working at the same time as a pharmacy tech. And I I got a great experience from that, just talking to patients, getting that patient interaction, going over, you know, medication lists and good things like that. So that was one of my top paid experiences. And I think that's what I continued doing in breaks and in summer breaks in between. So, yeah. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. So I think I have the same journey as far as the research assistant job goes. Um, as we mentioned in the previous segment, uh, we both started volunteering in, in the research labs. And then for work experience, I was then um, offered a job as a research assistant um, after a few years of volunteering. Um, but in between those few years, um, during undergrad, I didn't have paid work. So I had to find a job. Because one, we had just, as a family, bought a new house in Winnipeg. Um, and two, I just, we needed financial, um, I guess, the, I don't really know how to frame this, but um, I just needed to find a job, I guess, to contribute at home and also um, make sure that I was able to do my undergraduate studies and not be as much of a load on my parents. Um, which is why I started applying for jobs um, in undergrad and I applied to a whole bunch of jobs. So in the mall and um, just different places, didn't end up getting any jobs, which was unfortunate uh, at the mall or whatever. But something that did work out was um, working at um, Giant Tiger, which um, I was really lucky because my mom had the connection with the store manager and that's how I was able to get the job, which I'm so grateful for, because I know as a family, I really needed that job at that point. Um, and so I got lucky because I got that job. And then the research assistant job started as well. So that's a little bit about job experience. But once again, my journey didn't stop. Like I did keep getting rejected even to find paid work. Right. So right. even like, you know, our listeners and um even our friends uh, and family, like if you are getting rejected, I know it's difficult, but you'll get there. Like you'll, I'm 100% sure that you'll find a job and it might just take a little longer because we don't have connections. Um, but through life, we will be building those connections and networks, which is, I guess, one other takeaway um, from my journey, at least, is the importance of networking. Right. I completely agree. And I also went through like the pandemic during that time, during my undergrad time, where it was like it was already difficult to find a job given the rejections. And, you know, now you have the pandemic on top where nobody is really working and people are working from home and people are losing their jobs. So it was very difficult. But I think now that we are in, uh, in 2024, I think, yeah, like rejections. And now that it, we look back in our journeys, I think. Uh, we rejected our way through here. <laughs> That's what we can say. But yeah, it doesn't stop there. I uh, am also like finding a job right now with research. So I think like I can definitely feel how it feels being an unemployed stay at home. It's, it's, it's difficult. But I think now there are great resources. Like there are job portals where you can sign up and you can at least step in 
like step your foot into the job market like that and then you interview and if it works out great if it doesn't it doesn't but i think that's one thing but like you said building connections networking is a huge aspect in finding paid work at least in the states i think there are a lot of industries where networking is a key and you can network by going to job fairs by attending these these presentations that that your your advisors pass through or that your college passes through and then you can attend those you can talk to anyone and that's how you know you meet your people and that's how you find that one yes that you need and remember that you only need one yes and it's okay if you get a million no's but that one yes is going to um change your life and like you you mentioned earlier like there will be someone who do recognizes your talent your personality and they will guide you through your respective job or career so i think definitely don't lose hope and you just need to persevere through these rejections exactly yeah and i think um at the end i guess i'll just add that universities the access centers in canada uh, or the ymcas i guess they all have resume building workshops for new immigrants so if you're listening to this podcast and if you are a new immigrant and are confused of the style of resumes and how to write your resume what uh, jobs and workplaces in canada or the states are looking for i guess it's the same in the states um, they can help you uh, with editing your resume, with building your resumes. Um, so definitely attend these resume building workshops or just go and get an appointment and they can work with you on how to design a resume that's appropriate uh, for the job setting in Canada. And also, as you mentioned, um, like make use of the internet, right? Like go on websites of um, whether those be stores or the libraries at the universities, you can also work there. Um, you can also work at the bookstore um, at the university. You can also work at uh, the cafes that are part of your university. Um, so that's all through the university portal. So if you're a university student, you can definitely do that. And you can also um work in the community. So if you are interested in working in the community, I guess the first point, yes, network really helps and knowing someone who works at that place really will play a huge role in you getting that job. But if you don't have those connections initially, just don't be afraid of just going in and asking for the manager, um, the working manager doing that shift and just go on, introduce yourself and just say that you're looking for a job. And if they find out if they're looking for someone and um, sometimes even through that conversation you might just find a job um, right. so just put yourself out there right so right yeah. and I think yeah I think I just want to add yeah exactly my university has uh, a resource like that too where you can uh, build your resume and you can look for jobs in on campus and I think I want to conclude with just saying this one thing that I have learned through my journey is everybody has a story and it's about recognizing your story and presenting it and like people say like you have to sell yourself to get a job and I think it's true to a certain extent and I think it's about how you present your story so don't be afraid of shaping that story and networking and connecting and like you know being proud of it and that's how just speaking of it and then manifestation is also a big thing that I have started practicing recently visualization manifestations and there are amazing videos on it on YouTube there are great podcasts about that too so definitely step in don't be afraid um, to ask questions to uh, talk to people and to present your story and say your story 
And that's what I've learned from this episode. So, and I mean, like, I agree more, be proud of yourself. I know that initially when you're, you know, unemployed and finding it hard to settle into a new country, and even as students, if you're finding it difficult to find paid work, still be proud of where you come from. It's okay that, um, you know, that you don't have the position of your dream right away but it's also important to not take any um anything you know if people are discriminating against you uh stand up it's okay to stand up and it's okay to stand up for yourself and be proud of where you come from and um yeah i yeah i think that's that's a great way to to conclude and i just wanted to say if you made it till the end thank you all for listening to from suitcase to success and until next monday please follow us on instagram at from suitcase to success